0: It's not a straight line. I'm Jordan Harding and welcome to the podcast. We're about to learn how people like you and I overcome career setbacks, pivot, reinvent themselves and find work that aligns with their top strengths. Let's dig in together as we learn how these incredible people become the best version of themselves. Welcome back to It's Not a Straight Line. Let's jump back into my discussion with Matthew Logue as we learn about his perspective on volunteering and transparency during the hiring process. What about yourself? I, I noticed that you volunteer with 519. You've done work with the Sponsorship Marketing Council of Canada. I've also realized, I think that everyone you hire is going to do, have to do 50 hours of frontline volunteering, which I think is, is incredible what what is volunteering meant for you throughout your life and and why do you get so involved
1: uh, it's a great question and, and thanks for raising that and you know we uh, we will not mandate it because i think that's tricky to do but we're strongly encouraging all of our team members to get active in volunteering and we're we're making available um one working hour per week, on average, to put towards that kind of activity. And we've also taken a, a you know a pretty progressive view on what that means. So um, if you wanted to uh, attend and participate in a peaceful protest protest, or if you wanted to attend um, a rally that's you know fighting against a lot of the hate and discrimination that we've we've all seen um, throughout our lifetimes, and in particular with the increased attention in the last couple of years, or if you wanted to get involved on the front line at a food bank or something of that nature, um, we think those are really important experiences for us all to take in, uh, because if we're going to work in the purpose and social impact space, you have to know what you're talking about. You have to live it and feel it and experience it. Um, you know, we like to say it's the go, see and do right. So no different than, you know, in my former life, I'd go, uh, you know, take in a a game from uh, Jurassic Park in the playoffs and kind of observe what was going on there to get my head around how a fan feels in that moment, watch a lot of it on TV, obviously follow it on social. Used to bank with my bank client, drink the beer, my beer client, et cetera, et cetera, because that's all data points that make you better and make you stronger and, and an ability to draw on in those key moments where, you're trying to write that really smart sounding document, lived experience is a huge part. So that's the kind of linkage we see in the model. Um, We also know that we're gonna attract a certain um, kind of talent that is motivated by doing good. And and we believe we're gonna attract top talent um, in the agency space that's really looking to um, use their powers to advance their career, but also advance society. And uh, again, like this is also a business, top talent, means top product full stop consultancies agencies we talk about a lot of products and services we get excited about data, yes, those things matter, but all of it is worthless without great people. Uh, So we want to have the best people in the industry and we think our model is going to attract them. And then for me, I think actually it's probably something I should have said when you asked me earlier, how do I regulate Um, I actually think. Uh, my charitable and volunteer involvement started in that capacity. I needed something as a way to start to like um, you know, nurture that part of myself um, so that I felt more connected to my community. So the 519 I got involved in because um that was, you know, I'm a member of the LGBT community and that was my first um 4A in was attending a Pride event hosted by the 519. So I just got involved there. And I found that in those experiences, I got to know people in a different way, and I got to know myself in a different way. And there's so many ways someone could add value in a volunteer capacity. I've been encouraged a lot to explore board opportunities, which I think are very, very meaningful. I also don't think they're for me right now. I love to go in and, you know, at 519, I did it for about eight years where I was you know, chopping potatoes for breakfast on a Sunday morning and, you know, serving food uh, to people who who wanted to come into the space and and join in those moments. That to me is like a really uh, incredible experience because you get to just, you know, see people and connect with them and understand the value of the many programs that we talk about and the value they can create, you get to feel it yourself, be at the moment of truth. So it's something that just like filled my heart uh, over the years and made me better at what I did. So 519 is an organization I've been involved with. Hassle Free Clinic is an organization I was involved in for a very, very long time. The SMCC, uh, shout out to Ty Mazur and Bonnie Hillman and many others, but was an amazing space where we did a heck of a lot of uh, great things for that organization. And, and I those relationships are, are really, really meaningful to me. Uh, and then more recently, uh, I've been involved in, in the Daily Bread Food Bank and uh, getting out there It was something during COVID obviously we all wanted to do our part and um, food security is such a massive issue it cannot be solved by food banks alone and I say that with all due respect to incredible food banks out there that do great work but this requires system change more broadly um, in consideration of more macro factors but doesn't take away from the incredible good that's done and and honestly, taking a couple hours to sort food or, or pack boxes uh, is great reflection time and great moments to really think on what matters in life and in the role you can play to create a better community. So um, that might be a bit soapboxy, but don't I firmly believe in all of that.
0: I think that's great, Matt. And I'm so glad how over the last few minutes you spoke about going into the 519 and being on the front lines and cutting potatoes and then doing work at food banks. You know, a lot of people sometimes think, "Well, I'm not going to get out and do that." Like, you know, I've risen to a point in my career, and not going to do that. And appreciate that you that you do go out and do those things. And you've had you spoke about the five one nine, and I saw you've had a post in the past about Salah Bashir, I think is the name, who you probably got to know, and he's an incredible philanthropist. I heard him on Tony Chapman's podcast. I'm sure you've had some great mentors that have shown you. A lot of things they do from a purpose perspective too.
1: So Salah is, uh, I, I, one word could never describe how incredible Salah is. So I'm, I'm not going to try to do it in a word. But what what I'd say is, from the first moment I met Salah, um, who's become a friend, uh, he was so gracious and spent time with me and got to know me and talked about the different ways one could have impact. And Salah has had just insanely incredible impact. And he's the most humble person about it. Uh, And I think I've learned many things from Salah. But um, I think one of the biggest is he just he builds sincere relationships and he makes time for others and he creates spaces for people to come together who want to be part of positive change, and he makes it a heck of a lot of fun. If you go to a charitable uh, event that Sala has put on, you will laugh, you will cry, you will smile. Um, You know, in a non-COVID environment, you would hug people and high five them and all these sorts of things. You would just, you would experience such great joy and you would know that you did a heck of a lot of good. and I love that because sometimes, you know, we forget that we can also have a lot of fun in these environments when we're trying to do good. And, uh, anyways, uh, I could I can probably do a full podcast <laughs> on saying how amazing Sal is. And I'd be happy to, if you ever want to do that.
0: <laughs> what about, um, you know, I've seen you guys post a few roles and you transparently just throw up the salary, which, which I think is great. Uh, I read a 16 big ideas on LinkedIn for 2022 and that transparency is gonna happen more and more. Um, why Why did you do that? Is it working well? Have you? Has it created any backlash in your few hiring experiences?
1: It's working really well, and I would say no backlash and people really appreciate it um, as we go through processes. I would say uh, the biggest factor is we just wanted to be transparent and we wanted to be, uh, you know, portray the opportunity in the most inclusive and fair way that we could. And uh, think that we've all been conditioned for the longest time that salary is this highly negotiable thing. And when you're looking at a job opportunity You're going to communicate like a band and then you're going to like be a candidate they like and then you're going to say your expectations they're going to tell you what they're going to offer you you're going to say like you're going to engage in this back and forth and it's really an unfair question to ask talent coming into your organization what they expect to earn they don't know your business model and it kind of just plays to feeding whatever is already in existence so um, we know that, uh, pay equity across gender is not balanced. Uh, we know that pay equity across, um, across, uh, race cannot be balanced at times. Um, and if you ask a candidate to say the salary they're ex- expecting, if they're working from a place of imbalance, we just perpetuate that imbalance. And we didn't want to do that. So we wanted to create a space where people knew what they were walking into and they could fairly assess, is this a salary that I think is fair for this role and am I interested? So we just take all that noise out of the equation and don't force an individual to effectively negotiate against himself and understand where it came from. And again, you know, I, I've done the other way. And I didn't think about the other way as perpetuating an imbalance at all. I thought about it, this is how business works. But we get to build from the ground up and we just said to each other that this matters. We wanna attract candidates who know what they're walking into. We wanna be open and transparent. And so far, so good. People really respond to it. And hopefully, again, we're gonna see more and more organizations do this, which is gonna lead to just a better overall environment for all candidates.
0: There you have it. Thanks for checking out It's Not a Straight Line. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, and if you can, leave me a review, provide me some feedback, and I wish you all the best as you find your way in your career and life.